Type, 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 type. What is that? Is that, that annoying, buddy? guys? Can you hear that? Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing some major journalism over here. Is yeah, that a typewriter? It's very annoying and noisy. Is I've become a journalist, typewriter? guys. I'm going to write for Cycling News. I just really this, wanted you guys to hear this noise. This sounds a lot like the sounds of from the like the press room of a newspaper from a movie in the 40s or 50s with like typewriters in the background. Yeah, yeah I decided that I'm going to start uh, writing cycling stories um, and I'm going to go and start following the Tour de France as a New Orleans contingent in Europe. It's a little travel okay. backpack and travel typewriter in the backpack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I hear because I hear there's this really amazing Frosh writer. You know, we had this French connection down here in Louisiana, um, Mr. Bernie Heinault. Uh, I hear he's coming to Lafayette yeah. soon, so I thought I would go to France and get some backstory about this man to really find out who he is. Um, yeah, because like I said, so far I've only heard rumors about Bernie Hillnault's uh, accomplishments. So that's yeah. why I'm practicing my typing, guys. That's, that's good. Uh, and I'm sure he'll appreciate uh, how loud you can type. Well, good evening, gentlemen. This is Hello. the... Hi. Hey. It's weird because you're not in front of me, so... Yeah, I can't see no. you guys. I'm actually Where behind you? you. Oh, what? <laughs> we, uh, the Yeah You Ride podcast is trying out our first remote, reco remotely recorded episode. Um, we are on this brand new technology called Skipe. Yeah. And... We're hoping it's going to help us uh, get broaden our listeners by getting interviews with people who don't actually live in New Orleans. So this is our test run. Yeah. Matt, you're, you're mastering all this technology, so uh, the onus is really on you to get this right. But I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm sort of comfortably reclined in my home, uh, and uh, I do miss uh, your smiling faces. And it's a little bit awkward to just be talking to the air instead of talking to the two of you all across the desk, but um, I'm looking forward to making this work because, as you alluded to, Bodie, we've got a, we've got a hot list of uh, national and, in some cases, international guests that we want to bring onto the podcast, and through the magic of technology, uh, assuming this all works out, I think we're going to be able to start doing that and uh, bring yeah. a little bit of the outside world into our uh, Louisiana and, and beyond listening audience. So that'll be great. Yeah, and just to just to be clear, we are breaking ground with this new uh, Skipe technology. So, yeah, I, I hope our our listeners will our viewers will forgive us if things aren't don't go too peachy. Um. Anyway, let's let's kick off the show. I want to welcome you all to the thirty first episode of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is Bodie Bodie. This is the T Bone saying hello, Bodie. Hello, Sir Cheerio. Uh, hello to both of you guys. Uh, this is Sergio, and uh, I'm manning the dials here. Uh, I'm in my silk pajamas and smoking jacket, and uh, of course you are reclining on reclining on the bed. Yeah, very relaxed. So you're over and, uh, in the rock, uh, T-Bone. You're T-Bone. What are the, you? Uh, I'm in the uptown, the UPT. Is that are you are you is that your official neighborhood uptown? Uh, that is sort of what it's generally referred to my official neighborhood is west riverside okay huh. so you're you're not you're in the west riverside um how is how is the view of the river from your house uh it is uh non-existent hmm. guess what i can see the river from my house yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right okay you paid extra for that. Yes, huh? I can. I you can stand on my porch and you on your can roof. see. Nope, I go. Well, I can't see the actual water. 
Exactly. <laughs> but I can see the levee. I can see the water of the levee wasn't there. And I can yeah, see I boats can, go by. Yeah, I can see boats on the river from my house, but I can't no, see the can. actual river. I can. Uh, Bodie, I, I've got news for you, Bodie. If the levee wasn't there, uh, not only could you see the river, you would probably be living in the river if the levee wasn't there. <laughs> only in the summertime. Right now, it's pretty low. It's so low that there is a beach now, and the other day, Emily and I rode our bikes on the sandy Batcher area because we wanted to work on our Belgian sand pit figure eights. Yeah, nice. And, and I did terrible at that. So, oh, really? Um, yeah. You, you, you were not wout-worthy. I was not wild worthy. Um, I'm definitely not cool enough to hang out with Wow in Mallorca and get coffees and share waffles with him. Um, so. so you're saying you're not Stephen Hyde? I am worthy. no Stephen Hyde when it comes to riding sand mm. or hanging out I with Wow. I think they're actually in uh, Mallorca, as it's uh, pronounced. I think they were in Calpe in uh, in Spain, but. Uh, yeah, they seem to be having a little bit of mano a mano time down there, don't they? Uh, a blossoming bromance uh, is what I would call it. And yeah. I woke up on Sunday morning and looked at Twitter, and uh, it was a buzz with everybody very excited to see uh, Wout, uh, the world champion, and our reigning national champion, Stephen Hyde, riding bikes together. Um, yeah. I don't really know what's so cool about that. I mean, like it is cool. I don't know why it is seem it is so cool, but it's it's nice to see. And uh, maybe Wout can uh, rub off a little bit of his. Uh, Whoa! I don't know. Panache. <laughs> his, his winning ways. His rainbow stripes. <laughs> Wait. As long uh, as that's like, all he rubs off, then, uh, then let me uh, let me suggest to you if you're talking about panache, Stephen Hyde has some panache. In Very fact, well, 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 could stand to get a little bit of that uh, that that fiery redhead panache that 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 Hyde's got. That's a good point. I think that the fiery redhead panache works really well in the states, but so far we've seen that in Europe this year, it has not got him very far. No, it's it's not. But- well, I think for American men in general, it's not been uh, it's not been a great uh, Euro uh, uh, campaign so far, has it? I mean, yeah, it really hasn't been for the last ten years or so. Yeah, let me ask you guys kind of a basic question on that front. I mean, this isn't really on our agenda to discuss tonight, but since we're on the subject, I mean, why is that? Is it is it a question just of of pure power? I mean, is 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 well that much more? powerful than Stephen Hyde? Is it a skills thing? Is Wout just that much more technically proficient? Uh, you know, what is it that prevents guys, you know, from going over to Europe and excelling in these Euro cross races? I mean, you know, I, 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 are, are your children killing each other over at your house or something right now, man? Yeah, very possibly. It's bedtime, so that that's more than likely. Uh, yeah. But no, no back, to, back, back to my time. question. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when I think about, for instance, the only real uh, way that I can measure this is is from my own experience, and and when I see guys that I race with you know, riding away from me, I know the answer to the question is, you know, they're stronger than I am. They just they have more watts in their legs than I do, and it doesn't matter how technically proficient I ride across course. You know, I'm just not going to be able to match their power. But you know, mm. as Americans. You know, it it seems that we could develop athletes that have the ability to put down the same amount of power as your average, you know, strong Belgian rider. But why is it that the Belgians and the Dutch dominate so much in cross? I mean, well, I mean, I don't think guys. Yeah, I've thought about it myself, but I mean, it isn't just a question of. You know, I mean, there is the one argument that you'd say, oh, well, they, it's, it's something that they've been doing since childhood, you know, it's a, it's their national sport and that kind of thing, which I think there's part of that is true, why the Dutch and Belgians, 
do so well. But then I think there's also there's something else going on in that maybe they it's not part of the because it's not a big part of the culture here. The really great athletes don't go into it. You know that could be part of it too. I mean, yeah, it's interesting if you look at a country and they're not developing them from maybe they're not developing them early enough. You know, you could have said the same about British cyclists, but until the last sort of 10 years when they got all that lottery funding for, for cycling and suddenly there's a lot of great British cyclists out there, you know? Well, and they so, also, they also wanted to gear up for the 2012 Olympics in, in London and they specifically wanted to develop an exceptionally strong track cycling program in anticipation right. of the Olympics and, and, and it paid off, right? They, they yeah, but, done that. And, but it started way before that. And of course, you know, 2008 in, uh, in Beijing, you know, they had massive success there. So it was, you know, it started years before that. So it's, it, you know, it's been going, it's been going for a while there. The interesting thing I just saw, uh, this weekend was, uh, on GCN, they had the, uh, the final of the men's Zwift Academy and the three finalists out of something crazy like 10,000 or 30,000 people that entered the, their, their, you know, their Zwift Academy thing. Uh, and the winner gets a pro Conti contract with Dimension Data with the pro continental team. And the three finalists, one was Australian and two were from New Zealand. And that's astonishing, huh. right? I mean, New, New Zealand is a tiny country, but has a disproportionate number of professional cyclists. And they don't seem so, to have any support. They don't seem to have any support for road at all. I mean, those guys aren't, you know, it's, they don't have, most great athletes in New Zealand go into rugby. You know, that's... Well, were those, are those New Zealanders part hobbit? <laughs> they didn't look very hobbity. They were. Uh, I much feel like hobbits, hobbits are pretty strong. So, yeah. Um, that's also, a good question. Number, I think a yeah. lot of American uh, riders, cyclocross riders, was that especially have been trying to figure it out. You know, you look at someone like uh, Jonathan Page was really the last person I think to spend most of his career. I don't know exactly how long, but a good chunk of his time he actually you know made the move um to europe and raced there consistently and i don't know off the top of my head if he was ever dominant um you know as maybe he would have been in the states right has that did did that time like did i don't know like did he get did he get knowledge from that experience and like how did he share it with the American riders? I know that there are cross camps where they, like Jeff Proctor brings juniors over and they get to like kind of learn the whole system. I mean, obviously it's completely different going to a different country and riding, but uh, Vanderpool yeah. had no problem coming here and smashing everybody, although he's a bit of a freak. Um, and plenty of Euros come, had come here before and also ride pretty well. Um, right. I don't know. I really, I don't know. Uh, I, I think Matt had the answer, um, at, which is that when you take the percentage of people that, of any population that are going to excel yeah. at athletics in general, in the United States, 99.9% of them are going into a sport other than cyclocross, whereas in Belgium, you know, probably 30% of the population of people who are going to excel as athletes are going into a sport like cyclocross. It's either cyclocross or, or football in Belgium, right? Um, one of the yeah. two. Yeah. How's their, uh, how's their know, basketball? They're not, they're not playing basketball <laughs> and not going not track and field or athletics. They're playing right. there. How many Belgian surfers are there? Yeah. I don't think you, I don't think you'd want to surf in Belgium. <laughs> and so I, right. I, I think it uh, i think it comes down to that anyway well yeah so steven um you know I, I, have fun have fun hanging with wout and uh 
you know, maybe check us out and let us know how, uh, how it was. Yeah. Well, and keeping, keeping on that subject, uh, sorry, Bodie, did I interrupt you? That's no, go ahead. All right. Well, I was going to say, keeping on that subject, let's, um, let's stay, um, in Europe. Yes, Wout was uh, sunning it up with Stephen Hyde. So were a lot of the uh, big names of Eurocross. They decided to take the weekend off and go train in the sunshine. Um, but we had a couple of races this weekend. Uh, There's a we lot of races Matthew, this weekend. Uh, Matthew, Vanderpool, uh, Matthew Vanderpool sat out the weekend to uh, give his bro a chance to uh, win a race, right? Well, yeah. Um, First, yeah, I mean, first off, the, on Saturday, there was Hasselt uh, in the pros. Uh, and I got to watch a little bit of that. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a... It was hard getting feeds for, for these races. Uh, I, got, uh, I got the men's full race Hasselt feed and watched that. And I only got highlights of the women's uh, race. Uh, Ellen Van Loy was second to... Uh, uh, let's see, second to... I'm going to pull it up now because i got to remind myself of this one. may have to edit Low this out. Low cells. Low cells, yeah. So yeah. Um, that course. And uh, uh, Alvarado, Carmen Celian. I, I don't know. She's a long, long, long blah, oh, wow. Uh, but she's Dutch, right? She's Dutch, yeah. She's also 19. Uh, she's had some strong wow. racing this year. I've definitely yeah. seen her in for those chase groups so u23 worlds watch out yeah interesting uh also speaking Ella Noble of race too yes um she- but i didn't see i didn't see anything of her in that race because i only saw like a five minute uh highlights thing of the women's race the one feature of the course on that race that was interesting was just this huge pile of dirt that they go up. It was basically, you know, Bodie, when we were riding last Sunday and there was a big like mound of dirt in yeah. the, out in the middle of the spillway area there. It was kind of like that. It was just this big, massive pile of dirt. There was a run up one way and then kind of a, uh, a Zonhoven type, uh, you know, bomb down on the other side, but it wasn't sand. It was just kind of like muddy dirt. And, I mean, it was. A, other than that, it seemed like it was a fairly fast, kind of flowy course. Uh, men's race, I think, if I remember correctly, was uh, uh, Telenet Fidea uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, Corner Van Kessel. Yep. Tunarts, and then yep. David Vanderpool. Right, and then the next day, Zilvermeer Cross, American which Spencer Petrov in twenty nine. Yes. Yes, uh, and Spencer rode on the Sunday too, I think. Although I saw very little of him uh, after the start. But uh, Sunday's course in Moll, Zilvermere Cross, uh, which is a this really race cool wasn't over. dedicated to anybody. Well, I don't know. Was this a Sudal Classics race? Yes, I think it was a Sudal Classics. Uh, but I think I think this is the course that uh, the Peters family, big big cycling family. Um, Wilfred Peters is one of the director sportifs at Quickstep, and Rob Peters, I believe, is uh, um, related. Uh, they so I think it's their families like they organize that race, and I'm assuming so because for some reason Rob Peters was on the podium collecting an award in like a photo montage that some fans had made for him or something. Uh, even though he finished, I think he finished fourth actually, but he finished he seventh. Finish, did he? Uh, well, yeah. Oh, close. Um, not, not quite the wide angle podium. No, obviously an award, but he got to get on the podium, but, uh, that course is really cool. It has a big, long beach section and, uh, Two, two big sand sections in that course uh, that kind of make it interesting. And then and then some good, like, sort of, like, fast, flowy stuff with a little bit of up and down, but not very little elevation change altogether. But, uh, Is this pretty the, cool uh, sand, the sand section where there's, like, 
a jump at the end, and a few years yes. ago, uh, what's his name? Sunglass tossing Tom Eusen would yep. attack and then jump over the wall or something. Okay, yep, yeah. I know this race. Every everybody was everybody was dismounting and running. That there's like a it's not really a wall. It's like it's like a big um, almost like a big railway sleeper or something like a you know big piece of wood or something there. But yeah, they were they were all dismounting uh, this year. But uh, it, it was a what's that? Uh, I was going to say it looks like Lucinda Brand won the women's race. Yeah, which I didn't get to see any of, unfortunately. I could not find a feed for that whatsoever. And American Katie Compton, fourth place. The podium was yep. uh, Kim Van Steen and Low Cells again. And yeah. then we had Ellie Anderson in eighth, I think. Let's see. And Ellen Noble, I don't know if she raced. No, it doesn't look like she did. Uh, but we, had another, we, we had another American, Corey Coogan. Kaisik and Ann Kennedy. So some Americans are over there in Europe right now. Not yeah. all are hanging out with the Woot. Some are racing. No. Uh, but uh, I did get to watch the men's race, and it was a really uh, great race to watch. Without the big names there, there was no Vanderpol. There was no Woot. There was no, um, no Vanderhaar. Uh Biggest names there were uh, Van Kessel. Uh, I didn't even see two nets there. Uh, uh, but uh, there was like a lead group of Toon, uh, Jim Ehrenouts, and uh, um, Tom Eusen, and uh, David Van Der Poel, and a couple of other guys. So there was probably like, you know, like around six or seven in the lead group. And there was a lot of back and forth, various attacks and stuff. But uh, the key moment of the race came with about 15 minutes to go or so. And uh, David Vanderpoel attacked really hard through kind of the second sand section and, uh, and got a bit of a gap. And, uh, and Corin Van Kessel chased after him. So it was basically the group behind were together and then Corin Van Kessel and then Vanderpoel with Vanderpoel ended up with had like about a five six second lead over Cornman uh, Kessel, but one thing that was really cool that I saw from him, there's this one sand section where you come into it. It's an uphill sand section, and then in the middle of it, there's a ninety degree turn, and then it goes downhill sand, and then back onto the dirt again. And everybody was running up that uh, that section, except Vanderpoel really kind of like emulated his brother on one of the laps, rode the whole thing, stuck his arm out onto the post and like swung himself around the corner and then, and then shot down the descent. And uh, Van Kessel was running up it and then it's struggling to get back on his bike on the dirt, on the, on the sand on the other side. And so uh, Van der Poel extended his lead and uh, it, was a, it was a good win for him. I thought really impressive. It, it was very, he only had like five seconds at the finish, but uh, uh, Van Kessel was second, and uh, Tom Mewson got himself on the podium in third. Look at that. Mr. Tom Mewson on the podium. Yeah. Sounds like a race I uh, might need to dial up with the YouTubes and uh, watch tonight. Yeah, it's a pretty good feed of it. Uh, it's well worth watching. I like that course, too. I think it's kind of a cool, it's a cool circuit around that sort of like, it's in like a kind of like vacation park, you know, so there's like a lake that's got like, um, beautiful lake. Things. It's a water park. It's got go kart paths and uh, yeah. oh, all sorts of water slides and other climbing walls. Looks like a looks like the one place in Belgium that has you know beautiful water and you know sort of summer summer vacation resort, so to speak, and yeah. a big beach. Yeah, Which, it is a big beach. Which they used so there was a, uh, a lot of. There was a lot of cross this weekend, actually. And I'm just looking at the UCI website. There, Not only was there cross in Belgium, there was cross in Switzerland. There was cross in the United States. There was cross in France. There was cross in oh. Japan and Slovakia and Czechia. That was all yeah. this weekend. So I think, really kind I of, think there might have been... 
There might have been some cross in the UK too. I think Bradford might have been this weekend. I'm not sure. Uh, well, it wasn't see... a UCI race. No, it probably wasn't a UCI, but I did see that uh, former U23 women's champion Evie, uh, Evie Richards was on her bike. And uh, she was, so she raced this weekend, which is her first cross race of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, we... She's going to be there at Worlds. We really haven't seen much of her this year. Nope. Racing cross. Nope, nothing. Or no, I know the last. She's been mountain biking. I know that, but uh, yeah, no cross. That was the first one, I think. And she's racing for Trek this year. Okay. Well, should we uh, come back over to the states and talk about our American friends? Let's. Uh, so big news of the weekend, or I mean, in some circles, was that uh, Jay Pal. Um, Won a race, which yeah. he hasn't done in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golf clap for Jay Powell. Uh, someone, obviously, we're big fans of Jeremy in our household, and I think in, I think the podcast likes Jay Powell, like what he's done with the sport, but he sort of had a tougher year. Yep. And uh, finally got a win at NBX uh, day one. Uh, beat out Curtis White and Eric Thompson, who I... Hey, to admit, I don't know who Eric Thompson is. Not a name no. I'm familiar with. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was uh, MBX Cross is in Warwick, Rhode Island. Looks like a pretty good course. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, there's a sand section, I believe. Um, I think they run on the beach. And it's very rooty. Uh, I watched a GoPro video that someone posted. And if we thought... Delta State's uh, Ridgeland last weekend mm. was full of roots. Um, this NVX had it a dozen times more. So, okay, cool, cool to see uh, Jay Powell back on top um, in the men's race, and then in the women's race. Just pull up the little results here. We had Ruby West, Arlie Kemmerer, and Cassandra Maximenko. Um, Ruby West is. Gosh, she is 18 years old. I believe she's the U23 Canadian champion. Um, okay. And she just got a big uh, UCI win. So congrats to her. Yeah. Look, uh, Canadians are having a good season, aren't they? They really are. Um, not only are they winning their own national championships, they're coming to the States and uh, <laughs> beating up on uh, the Americans. Well, if you'll uh, well, if you'll I, indulge me with uh, if you'll indulge me with a little segue, there was a, uh, a Canadian that uh, came down to uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi, and uh, won some won some local racing in uh, the DSGP series this year as well. You uh, guys have any guesses as to who that might have been? Wait, uh, hang on a second. Canadian. Canadian. That won also, races this weekend. Uh, podiumed, didn't win races. Oh. Alex, are you talking about? Are you talking about our teammate Alex? Talking Cormier? about our teammate Alex Cormier on the podium. Awesome podium, both days in the fives. And uh, Mr. Upgrade Coordinator Bodie Bodie, I think, has uh, bumped him into the fours. Am I right? He is a yep. He put in his upgrade last night, and I approved it, so he is now a cat four. Well, uh, solid, solid, solid racing for Alex. Um, yeah, I guess. Should we just move on to Delta State's Grand Prix? Go to local stuff? Sure. I mean, that was a great segue we had. Um, so, yeah, this weekend, uh, Delta State's Grand Prix was at the Ridgeland Trails in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Uh, two days, Saturday and Sunday. Beautiful weather. Uh, I don't know, 70 degrees, uh, mostly sunny. Really, uh, really couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, Talonjan, how did you think of the course? Uh, you, I didn't get to ride it, but uh, I wasn't racing, but you were. Well, I think as anyone who races cross in this area will tell you, um, it's just naturally a wonderful venue for cyclocross. And, I mean, presumably mountain biking as well. It's designed as a mountain biking venue. Um but it lends itself, I think, beautifully to cyclocross. It's naturally a, a, a just a very picturesque 
area, a perfect little bowl, grassy bowl with uh, a mix of uh, oak and pine trees to race around. Uh, some of it is grass. Some of it is dirt, a little bit of single track. I think it's just a fantastic And this year in particular, I think that the uh, grassy bowl section was configured uh, in such a way as to, to make it uh, really a, a fantastic course to ride. I think it was the best configuration of the course of any of the four or five years that we have raced there. Yeah, because we stood, we were standing there, sort of in the middle, um, and you could see almost everything. We were, I think, we were me and you, Towns, and we we're watching the Ben's Cat Four. Uh, also, we we watched a few races together, but there's a few sections where it goes out into a single track section, and that has not well, that has cha- changed a little bit last year, but it's always kind of kept the same. Um, hits this wooden berm and goes. Through, there's a little bit of a climb, but. All the infield stuff uh, this year was really, you could just view it from one spot. And right. so really, as a spectator, it was awesome. Um, and like I said, we were watching the men's Cat 4 race. A lot of good racing this weekend, I feel like. Um, a lot of tight battles. Um, a, lot of, a lot of strength being uh, shown by some newcomers. Uh, Tiffany Landry, you know, in the women's race, Eric Stewart in the men's cat fours, uh, young Jack White winning the uh, one, two, threes on day two. On with, Sunday. Uh, nice. On, yeah, on Sunday with an amazing show of power. He might have won day one had he not had that flat and had to run and get his mountain bike. Um, so just a real solid weekend of racing uh, that I was very excited to be there and hanging out with y'all. So glad I uh, glad I was there. Yeah, I, I think it was a fantastic weekend of racing. I would say that uh, Eric Stewart uh, racing in the the semi tough skin suit. I think he I think he got that from. Didn't he get that from one of you guys? Is that your old skin suit, Matt? That's it's not only my old skin suit. It's uh, Richard Lothian <laughs> the third's old skin suit. Uh, right. Wow. So it's a uh, that that's that skin suit has some history. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Well, he's he's finally doing it justice. He, I think, standout rider of the weekend. Um, I mean, Bodie, you and I watched that one race where he had his bike upside down, pulling ah, pulling ah. pulling his chain out uh, on yes, two was... two separate occasions, and still managed to bridge his way back up, furiously bridge his way back up both times. Uh, the second time, I thought the race was done. I mean, it was it was a lap and a half to go, maybe. Yeah, and you and you are you are you are literally telling the truth. He literally had his bike upside down so he could adjust his chain. Like wow. he stopped, and it wasn't the bend over the bike as you see in the pro races or Matthew Vanderpoel mm. as adjusting his chain. He flipped his bike over and is doing whatever he needs to do to get his chain back on, flips his bike back over again, and goes. And yes, on Saturday that happened twice, and he came back twice and still took the win. Uh, we also, I made fun of him because he was racing with the saddlebag on. And <laughs> then he shouted out me later, he said it was a poor man's Garmin. I didn't realize right. he, he, he had his phone in the saddlebag um, <laughs> as a way to record his ride because you got to get that data, right? So good, oh. kudos to Eric. Um, providing Strava entertainment. or it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, I like the fact that he, he, he goes through the trouble to rock the skin suit to get the arrow on his on his clothing, <laughs> and then throws the saddlebag on so he can put the phone in the, in the back because he didn't have a pocket in his jersey to put it in instead of just could have just worn a jersey and put the phone in his pocket. No, but you got to rock a skin suit. I, I think this is an acceptable acceptable <laughs> thing to do. That's the acceptable uh, compromise in that yeah. situation. Yeah. What about a skin suit with a fanny pack? Well, I mean, nowadays, you know, they got they have the what what is the speed suit that has the pocket now, so That's right. Yep. Yeah. You know, that we our skin suit is a little bit 
predates the, the the option from roulette to get the one with the pocket so i, st- I still yeah. just got the regular skin suit myself no pockets no pockets needed um I both. also wanted to give a shout out to tiffany landry who won three races three races this weekend has won every race that she's entered this year in i guess four weekends um so glad to have her racing cross this year uh, we're going to upgrade yeah. her to three um, excited to see her battle it out in the women's open, uh, on Sunday. Yeah. And yeah, just also just want to give another shout out to Jack white who won the one, two threes on day two and got second and day one. And he's a kid that I've been racing with for a while. Um, guy's still I'm, only what? 18 years old. It's 18 19, or 19. Maybe? I think he just started college. Um, you know, he's gone to nationals a few times and, just has a really good attitude and really likes to ride his bike a lot, like a lot, like he does every sort of cycling you could imagine. Um, and it's one of those things where I think he, you finally, uh, you kind of knock your head against the wall a bunch of times, and then eventually you break through and uh, you you win an elite race. So congratulations to Jack. Uh, that was really cool to see. Yeah, he was pumped, and uh, there's an Instagram video that his dad shot of him coming across the line winning that race. You and I, Bodie, were, were actually calling that race together, uh, and that was, a, that was a fun one to call to, to see him as it got closer and closer to the end of that race. He, he was in first, riding in first place for a while in that race, and then it, as it got closer and closer to the end, and it, you know his, his lead wasn't shrinking at all. He had a pretty decent advantage, uh, and it looked like he kind of had it in the bag. And as he was coming across the line that last time, uh, big crowd gathered to, to cheer him on. Everybody at, everybody at the venue was pretty pumped to see him win in that race. Yeah, that, and that's a local race, too, for him. I kind of forgot that. So everybody there knows Jack and, yeah, like you said, was happy to see him uh, do the win. So you mentioned this Sunday... Uh, the final round of uh, Delta States Grand Prix of Cyclocross here in New Orleans also is the uh, Lambra uh, Cyclocross Championships and um, it's a big big weekend here always always fun to uh, race in New Orleans crowds tend to be bigger uh, tend to be a number of spectators out. Uh, this year we're in Audubon Park at the uh, at the Fly up on the up on the river, and yeah. uh, we'll have the uh, we'll have the flyover back this year. And uh, Roulet is actually closing down shop at their bricks and mortar shop on Barone Street and moving their entire operation out to the Fly this Sunday. They're going to be serving coffee and food uh, out at the venue. Uh, we are, should have a, a big crowd. I know there are a lot of people already, you know, chattering on Facebook about sort of coming out of semi-retirement to, to race that race. I know you two guys have both threatened to put the skin suit on and come out and ride bikes with me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a single speed race. Yep. I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm, I'm, to- yeah, I'm toying with the idea of doing the master's race. You're going to be there though, right, Matt? Oh, I'll definitely be there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, we had a really good turnout last year. Um, it was in November. It wasn't the championships, but a great turnout. Obviously, it's in New Orleans. So anybody who rides bikes in New Orleans, we we really want you to come and, and watch cyclocross. If you you've heard us talk about it all year, maybe you've yeah. done. Maybe you've gone to cyclocross practice. I'm looking at you, Gibby. Where's Gibby? You know, uh, where's Bjorn? Chris Reed, all those guys, at least yeah. come, heckle, drink a beer. Ish, I think it was a really, it's a good venue for this event. And I think, like, I just want to blow it out. I want to make a big plan on doing the single speed race because I want to throw my, uh, throw my, my number in the hat and uh, add to the field numbers and help people get upgrade points. And then I want to take photos because the light is going to be really nice for the fours and the one, two, threes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed, to be a, it's supposed to be a sunny day. It's supposed to be a very cool day. Highs in the highs in the upper forties, low fifties on, uh, on Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me. 
I I like to see that finally we'll have a cold cross race. I mean, have we had one all year? I don't think so. Uh, no, nope, really haven't. Nope, sounds good to me. And uh, well, I am. I was... uh, I'm I'm in third place overall in the Masters uh, category, and I'm I'm looking at the spreadsheet that Wes just put out, showing everybody's position in all the various categories. Um, Obviously, of the three of us, I'm the highest placed uh, racer since I'm uh, <laughs> really the only of us that are that are racing. Uh, but I'm, I'm doing the math over here, trying to figure out how I can maintain my third place position and finish this series on the overall podium. And uh, unfortunately, guys, the math is not really working out well for me. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I've got uh, I've got Rolanda Roman the Mississippi Cyclocross Project in fourth, nipping at my heels. The only reason I'm ahead of him is because he has not done all the races. Um, but assuming he finishes anywhere close to the front, which he's likely to do since he's won two of the three races that he's raced, uh, he's going to leapfrog me uh, for third. And uh, unless I... Uh, unless I have a miraculous performance or someone else has a miraculous mechanical, um, I am seem destined to finish in fourth place overall this year, which I'm not going to complain about. That'll be my highest ever overall finish. Well, so, hey, anything can happen in cross. That's anything true. Anything can true. happen. Uh, well, hey guys, I uh, I know that we had some uh, some stuff to chat about with the uh, road cycling, specifically mm. uh, news with uh, Chris Froome and the Giro. Um, do we want to talk about that for a minute? Uh, because sure. I am going to need to jump off this podcast here in just a bit. Matt, it sounds like, uh, sounds like you've got your hands full over there with, uh, no. some kind of situation. No, there's just, that's just my kids and, uh, running up and down the hallway. But, uh, are those, I'm, I'm fine. Are those kids here. are they dinosaurs? Uh, could be either. Sound like screeching dinosaurs. Oh boy! Uh, I just but, say that I'm I'm planning to uh, win this. I'm I'm planning on being single speed uh, state champion. By the way, um, just <laughs> that out there right now. Okay. Wow. So I need. To, I, uh, I don't really know what year to run. So this is going to be uh, interesting to me. You should just run the I've biggest never, gear. I'm thinking about it. I think in definitely a big ring course because I, I have a two by up front. So I think I'm going to go big, big. Yeah, I'm go, go uh, 46 19. I was going to say 46 oh, 19 or 46 21. Yeah, anyway. There you go. So, you heard right. it here for first. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for the state championship. Um, yeah, I want to talk about. Uh, Froom dog in the Giro. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I yeah, did we, not expect that. I didn't either. Um, the, I've listened to a couple podcasts talk about this situation, so I don't want to rehash what they said or, or be biting off them, but I really think that Tom Dumoulin should totally target the tour and win that. And be like, psych on the Giro. Mm. What do you guys think? Do you think Dumoulin uh, will do the Giro? Do we know? We still don't know yet, I don't think. Mm. I think he was uh, mulling it over, and, and I think we were going to hear sometime this week. Which is, that that's all kind of weird as well, isn't it? Because it's, it's December, and they're announcing what they're going to race. But I guess these guys have to plan that far ahead. You know, it's their... Their whole um, race schedule depends on on whether they do the Giro or not. Uh, it's I guess it's a bit it's a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean I think it would be great to see. I would love to see him there. It would suck if if it's just Froome and uh, and Aru are the only guys that show up because you know everybody got scared off because Froome decided to go. I don't know. That would be that would be a shame, wouldn't it? Because uh, we need we need to have as many GC guys there as possible. So one of the things that could happen is so Froome has won the Tour, Froome has won the Vuelta, 
He's planning on yep. racing the Giro. Good, mm. good chance he wins. That's that's awesome. three Grand Touros in a in a in a row. Yeah. Do you know who did and that last time? All three of them. Uh, I would say guess. Uh, Bernard Hino did that. Bernie, you are sorry. correct, sir. Eighty-two, eighty-three. Yep. Eighty-two to eighty-three. Hino did it. Um. But then, okay, let's say Froome wins the Giro. Mm. Does he then do that, go for that fifth tour? Yes. Next year also? Okay, yes. so yeah. that is four Grand Tours in a row. Yeah. Is that even I, possible? Let's let's say he wins <laughs> the tour. But you now have to go for the Vuelta, right? Because you've got to get all three in a row. Because you've already no, got I two. Think- I think he's done after that. I think that's it. <laughs> well, speaking I mean, of that, well, this 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 brings up another point. Uh, Garen Thomas. What does he get? Does he do? still ride bikes? Uh, yes. He, he okay. just he tends to crash them though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not. He did not have the greatest year, did he? Crashed in the Giro and he crashed in the Tour. So, I think he really needs to focus on the classics. Yeah, I know. He kind of, but then that's I mean it's interesting, isn't it? He's kind of somebody who's in in a between place and uh you know, he's he's somebody who's capable of doing both. He's shown that he can win week-long tours um to get that grand tour. I guess you need to not be on the same team as Froome, really, you know, to guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, or at least not be in the same race as Froome. Well, has yeah. anybody won? Is anybody on Sky? They haven't won multiple Grand Tours with different riders in this, right? I mean, like no one, no one's yeah, Froome hasn't won the Tour, and then someone else from Sky has won the Giro or Vuelta, right? Froome has no, never. The only, the only people from Sky that have won Grand Tours are are Wigo and Froome. Yeah, yep, that's it. So. So none of these plans for these lieutenants to win the uh, the off tour uh, has 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 happened. No, it's a it's all it's all failed dismally for them. Yeah, well, I mean, Lando was maybe their best shot in the uh, Vuelta last year, or was that the Giro last year? I don't. That was the Giro last year. Yeah, Giro last year. Yeah. So maybe if uh, maybe if. Uh, uh, Froome targets the Giro and the Tour this year. Um, maybe, maybe they'll have someone else that they'll put up uh, for the. Maybe, maybe it's uh, Super G for the Vuelta this year. Although that would be you know, my that yeah, that would be my thought that um, he gets to do the Vuelta. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but there's also, I guess, maybe. Uh, Sergio Heinau is another possibility for that. Who knows? Heinau. But but back to yeah. back to Froome and the Giro. Uh, the way I I think that Dumoulin will do the Giro if he's not already committed to it. M- my understanding is that that he is at least fundamentally committed to it, even if he hasn't you know announced it. Um, and I as I think he should be. Uh, and I think that. Froome announcing to do the Giro. I mean, you would think it could have one of two effects. One would chase everybody else away, and it would basically be a shitty race that he would just run away with. Uh, or two, if if Dumoulin decides to do it, then suddenly maybe you have um, people thinking that that it it might be you know more than just a Froome runaway win. And if those two are duking it out, maybe there's room for a third or a fourth contender in there. And then right. the Giro could be just a really awesome race again this year, like it was last year. So I like the idea of Froome going to do the Giro. I don't think it's going to discourage competition, and I think it's going to make that race uh, a lot more exciting. I, I think the other interesting thing about the Giro this year is, uh, well, first of all, starting in Israel. That yeah. That is pretty, I mean, that... I mean, we know we know there were rumors for a while back about it, but um, it, it's an odd decision, I think. And 
I'm I'm surprised that they really went through with it. I th- somebody must have thrown a lot of money at them to do it. That's all I can uh, say. It's a uh, you mean know, like the Israeli government? Well, or some I, I heard there's like some Israeli billionaire or whatever that that uh, wanted it to happen, but it's right. already got itself in a little bit of hot water from the organizers announcing they were starting in West Jerusalem, and then the Israeli government. Uh, got really mad about that. No, it's not West Jerusalem, it's Jerusalem. Uh, you know, it's a, a... I mean, Israel's always a political hotbed. Uh, you know, no matter what side of the fence you sit on regarding it, it's uh, it's something that has is... You know, it, it politically, it's been a hotbed for thousands of years. But uh, the other thing is, you know, obviously, two of the big teams in the world tour are backed by Arab countries, you know, and that's, so uh, that kind of adds another dynamic to it on a political level. Well, and then you'll likely have the Israeli cycling Academy participating as a uh, wild card team uh, yes. in the Giro this year as well. So that could be uh, even more interesting. Well, well the, could you imagine if that cy- didn't happen? <laughs> that, that would be crazy. Wouldn't it? If they didn't get that wild card entry. The Cycling Podcast has a really good uh, episode about the Giro going to uh, Israel. Uh, I listened to it on the way back from Delta State's Grand Prix, so I suggest people check that out because they actually handle that a little bit more than we probably could, and they have some interviews with the people who are protesting the start there. It sounds like there is a plan B so that it could maybe not at all start in Israel. Um, That's right. That's uh, yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah, because so, actually, as it as it stands right now, the entire almost the entire first week of the Giro is not on the Italian mainland. It's three days in in Italy, and then three days yeah. in uh, Sicily. Yeah, that's surprising too, isn't it? After after yeah. going to Israel, that they're still going to do uh, three days on Sicily, which that that seems. Uh, I mean, the whole thing seems like a logistical nightmare to me. But, uh, well, anyway. we shall see. Yeah, we shall, we shall see. see. We've got well, guys, anything uh, anything else we want to chat about here just, while over the Skype airways? There is one small thing I wanted to mention, uh, and uh, we've talked about him already on the podcast today, but uh, kind of exciting. A little foreshadowing. News. A little foreshadowing. Kind of exciting news for Louisiana, right? Uh, the uh, Cycle Zydeco event, which I knew very little about before uh, before this week. Uh, it's a five-day event, five-day like cycling festival uh, based around uh, the Lafayette area. And they just had a press release this week that this year the Badger himself is coming to... Uh, cycle Zydeco. So I am, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I am super pumped about this. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm pretty excited too. I can't wait to see you interact with uh, the Badger. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully he punches you in the face. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, so maybe, maybe uh, our listeners can help me out here. How do I commemorate this moment of <laughs> uh, of meeting my hero, the greatest cyclist of all time? So I don't know. I, I, I've got some initial thoughts. Um, I'm going to get him to sign a part of my body somewhere with a Sharpie, and then I'll get that tattooed. That's one wow. idea. Yeah. That, that's uh, a good idea. <laughs> that's a very, um, like... I don't know. That's that's interesting. I thought maybe you were gonna say sign your Renault jersey. My jersey. But yeah, or my or my Lavie Claire jersey or something like that. That that sounds too sensible, really, under the circumstances. Yeah, I like the tattoo, Matt. <laughs> I, I think getting him into to that punch idea. you in the face. <laughs> I would be honored or, to be punched in the face by the badger. Or maybe there'll be some sort of podium that you can try and 
disrupt and he can throw you off the stage. Ooh, that's a good idea too. The yeah. Excellent stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm into all of that. I like yeah, the maybe more, do I like all the of more direct things. approach. <laughs> Getting punched in the face. No, the more direct. I like the signature and the tattoo. The other two. I mean, I appreciate your homage to the to the uh, picketing farmer and the uh, and the uh, uh, his job the, is the, the podium, podium interrupter. Guardian. But uh, yeah, but uh, and those are those are. That's a nice little homage and a nice little shout out to uh, to various roles that uh, Eno has played historically. But uh, for for Matt's benefit i like the direct approach of a, a cordial a cordial meeting a uh an autograph followed by a tattoo well okay i like that i hope that in the meeting the yeah you read podcast will have maybe you can get a short uh, interview yep. with the badger yeah. that yeah, would be cool reach out, to, reach out to the organizers and uh chat about that and yeah, no, I do then ha- when- i do have o level french but that was a long time ago, so we may need to translate it because I don't think his English is that great. Well, you had you had uh, mentioned earlier that you had a question already prepared. I've been him. working on some questions, uh, but your your lead off question what was it? You can you my lead off question was uh, you are the greatest cyclist of all time. I love you. Okay. Okay, now, that's good. That's I may good. need to work I may need to work that question a little bit. I don't <laughs> think it's quite <laughs> uh the, I, I did have a follow up question which was uh will you be my dad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean how do you say no to that? Yeah, I mean it's you know, it'd be a great honor for both of us, I think. <laughs> so Matt, after you ask yeah. Uh, the Badger, if he will be your dad, yes. I will ask a follow-up question and ask him how much better was Greg LeMond in the 85 tour? Uh, than him? Yeah. Yes. That's where you then get you, punched in the face. Punched That's in perfect. The face, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'll get punched. Maybe you get a photo of that, Matt, and then you can like hang that on the wall because it'll be like, your pal slash podcast mate Bodie and Bernard Hino, your dad, in yeah. the same photo, like that'd be cool, right? That that'd be good. That works for me. <laughs> I'll get the tattoo, and you get punched in the face, or not. That sounds good. Hopefully, it's not all face punches and tattoos, but I'm excited to uh, maybe meet the Badger. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty exciting. I'm definitely going. Cool. I think I think we'll be there too. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep everybody updated on this. And if you have any insider tips on uh, the Badgers' involvement in Cycles Attico, shoot us an email at yayuride at gmail dot com. Um, yep. If you have enjoyed this podcast and would like to go into iTunes and uh, leave us a rating, possibly a review, we'd very much appreciate that. Um, yes. Jeremy, one. The Jersey Review Contest. We still want to get the jersey to him. Maybe yeah, we we'll need to bring that to the club ride on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of, anybody that's listening to this, big club ride this Saturday. It'll be the first time in a while that we haven't had uh, cross racing going on on Saturday. And so um, going to be beautiful, chilly weather Saturday morning. So let's uh, meet up at Roulette and get out there and do our club ride this Saturday. Yeah. Go for a little medium route. Sounds great. Okay. All Sounds right, guys. Well, uh, you want to sign us? Kind of get us out of here. Yeah, for sure. I'll start it off. I will. Uh, I'll see you guys on Sunday. And um, if I don't uh, make it into that uh, DSGP overall podium, I'm going to get up there by hook or crook. So get ready to punch me, guys, because I may be storming that podium if I don't make it. <laughs> And uh, that was this, is Cheerio. <laughs> this is Sergio signing off and uh, asking uh, all of uh, our listeners out there uh, if I am going to get uh, the Badger to uh, sign a part of my body, which part should it be? <laughs>
elbow. Um, and this is the Bodie Bodie saying, Taylor Mills, you might win the overall in the single speed, but I am coming to take that state championship medal. Watch out. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Was that was that the beginning of our show? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I don't know why I'm typing. That's stupid. Who cares?